when you break this game down, I mean, we can Jimmy and Joe's them to death. But I think it's reasonable to expect us to want more than be able to Jimmy and Joe's them to death because we got a little taste of the good stuff last week. Maybe not defensively, certainly offensively. And um, scoring points is fun. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 257 of the Wait and Sit Last Saturday podcast. And in this preview show for the Georgia-South Carolina game, I'm joined on my deck, as usual, by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. Can the dogs and new starting quarterback, JT Daniels, throw out a repeat performance with a 400-yard passing game versus the Gamecocks? Will the running game show up after a very frustrating effort last week? And can Georgia's defense return to the same dominant form that made them so ferocious for the first three games of the season? Those topics and more are covered in this episode. So thanks for tuning us in. We'll just go ahead and jump on into it. Hope you enjoy episode 257. Are we taping? Do you need to move this guy closer? We are taping. Uh, the the tape is rolling. Tape is rolling. Yes. So I'm going to have to cut it. I'm to get my razor blade and Cut it out and cutting. get some, uh, yeah. uh, not gaff tape. What's it called? The splicing tape? Yeah, it's called splicing tape. tape right? Yeah, gaff yeah. tape's something different. Yeah. Like, uh, my, my high school job was working at a movie theater, and I, I get the movie in uh, six reels. Yeah? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm, I Turn it towards you. Yeah. yeah, scoot up just a little. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> you didn't waste your bourbon, be, did you? I can't be. No, he I, did not. He wasted a little bit of coke. Nope. Doesn't matter. It's um, <laughs> while we're outside. All right, sweet. In that case, uh, in that case um, Will just spilled his drink. Just not, the the bourbon, not, not the bourbon. Not the bourbon part. Just the, just the mixer. Um, no, I worked, I worked at a movie theater. You would get the uh, movie on six or seven reels. You have to put, have to put them all in. You put them all in the big platter. Just spice those little things. You that's worked it. in a movie theater. I, that's why that was my first job. That's awesome. That was yeah. my first job. I knew that. I, I was thinking of you the other day because there was a great thread on Twitter um, about a guy that worked in a movie theater that did got into all kinds of shenanigans. And I, all I could think of is, um, one, I knew that guy who worked at the theater in Waycross. And two, I thought about Will. I'm sure yeah. there was a guy like that that worked in the movie theater in Batum. I, I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty it's a It's just the coolest job in a small town. Not anymore, because now everything's just ugly multiplex out by the Walmart. Yeah. But back in the day, when it was like downtown, and everybody went to the movie theater, and you, when you were like in high school, you were the cool guy, because everybody saw you, everybody went to the movies on Friday, and uh, so... That was Did you ever get a reel messed up, or anything like that? Uh, a couple of times, I put one backwards, because uh, one of our jobs was, we would get them on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, and then... So they actually went back into Africa? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it turns out that uh, at, at the end, Batman turns into Bruce Wayne and kills his parents. <laughs> Um, and so, um, but no, they, uh, uh, on, you'd get them on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and they would give you, and so your job, another cool thing about being a teenager and working in a movie theater, like being 16 years old and you had to stay out until two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Cause yeah, after the last movie was over, you had to play that one. And, uh, so it was, it was a cool, it was a, and you had to make sure you hadn't screwed it up. On yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday. I think I've heard the closing credits of Jurassic Park. Roughly fifteen hundred times. Does that play? Because it played. Because I played forever when it was movie theater back in the day, and so I was. Batman Returns and Jurassic Park were the big ones. That's really cool. Scott, what was your first job? Making pizza at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. It lasted two weeks. 
I'm sure you and your that's, therapist that's have worked long. that out. Yeah, that's, At that's, least too long. That's a much worse first job than mine. Yes, you saw some stuff, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. Was, uh, the good news is now you're immune to the coronavirus and all possible because illnesses. Because of Chuck E. Cheese, yes. <laughs> I, um, I started my very own lawn mowing business really early. I mean, my first job was picking tobacco. I was going to say, mine was, was tasseling corn. Tasseling corn, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. Right. Mine was actually driving the tractor. Uh in a tobacco picking operation, then I finally worked my way up to the to the real work. I know I was in a hurry to go out and pick tobacco. I think because I would make, you know, ten extra dollars a day or something. Yeah. Um, but picking tobacco, my friends, it is not a work for the faint of heart. It is, uh, it is hard. It is sweaty. It is nasty. And um, frankly, it is. It's not worth whatever it was that we're paying us uh, because the sickest I've ever been is uh, literally tobacco sick. Because oh, yeah, it I mean, gets on your hands. It's a weed, right? It's a it's a weed, right? Literally, the tar. I mean, I, I got nicotine poisoning because it soaked in through my skin. I laid on the floor of my parents' living room for two days, holding onto the ground, hoping the world would stop spinning. That's wow. how bad it was. Did you call it tobacco? I never called anything tobacco, <laughs> um, because I'm not, you know, from Kentucky and uh, yeah, or whatever. Up at the holler, or also I'm not. I'm, it, it was the, it's still the 1900s. Uh, not the. I'm sorry. I, I just saw Hillbilly Elegy, so I really oh, understand. Oh well, this stuff, you yeah. understand all of it then, just I, like Ron Howard. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, anyway. Hello, speaking gentlemen. of Hillbilly Elegy, South Carolina. Yay! Yeah, there you go. That, that works. Is that transition. No. Yeah. Um, um, so I guess we're going to have to deal with Mike Bobo running the dang ball. Um, so is he officially interim? He's interim. Head he's interim head coach right now. Did, first game did not go well. Oh, well, I mean, they came in second. That's true. And that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the right way of putting it. The pieces and parts of that game I saw, um, they were not prospering. Yes. Um, They're that, not really set up to prosper. Right? Yeah, I guess. Okay, so we really did kind of skip over the whole Will Muschamp thing a couple weeks ago. Um, and I'm, it's not that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over my Muschamp being gongly. Uh, you were happy about it? Muschamp being gone? No. I'm, I mean, I'm happy. I mean. It, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's exactly the point. It's like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to plow new ground about South Carolina and the pandemic and the money they lost and all this stuff. But I, I have to assume there's one of two things that happened, right? Uh, Ray Tanner, who's their AD, been there forever, was a beloved baseball coach before then. It felt like a home run move for him to try to save his job. He, they have a new university president. Uh, by the way, if you haven't read the piece yet on Banner Society by Stephen Godfrey about whether or not uh, Hugh Freeze is going to be the head coach there, he's not because their new president is like a former commandant of the United States Military Academy mm. and he is a character guy and when I say a character guy I don't mean like Lane Kiffin so Jeff Munkin instead uh, well Jeff oh my god please 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 uh, no probably probably not Jeff Munkin but definitely not Hugh Freeze um, but I, you know I think he did he, say he was sorry to be clear he he was very contrite. Yes. Uh, he actually for his lie, indiscretions. He lie prostrate <laughs> he did before lie. his guy. He, he did lie <laughs> prostrate. Uh, some, oh, the dog's back. Some, the dog is yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does. He also enjoys things in Tampa. And um, but you know the, I, I I think it really was just a home run. I mean, this was Ray Tanner trying to save his job. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't hang on to Muschamp and let him flounder and go two and eight or whatever he was going to go this year. 
and reasonably expect the new president to keep you around. Um, so I have to assume he lined up some some big money guys and said, guys, I need 13 mil. Oh, yeah, and let's pay off all the other coaches too because they're going to owe Bobo some money. He had a two-year contract. Um, I, I have to assume Joe Cox didn't have a two-year contract because, you know, he <laughs> – I mean, literally, he'll take he'll take some snuggle time at Talladega uh, in exchange for pay. But um, the what does that mean? Oh, you don't remember the picture? Uh, no. Oh, you need to Google Joe Cox, Matt Stafford at Talladega. <laughs> I do not. Remember. Yes, everybody, listen, y'all need to at Scott about that. Is send the picture, please. Um, okay. sh- yes, definitely at him immediately. Pictures. Um, so, but that you know that that puts them in a position where they have. I think they had to felt like they had to make a move, right? Um, mm-hmm. They also got in front of the um, coming firing at Tennessee or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't know that that's going to happen, but um, who knows what's going to happen there? I mean, I, I, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine the Tennessee. I'm sorry, the South Carolina team that Mike uh, Bobo is coaching now. It's not. It's not just the coaching. It's also the recruiting. It's also the offensive philosophy. Despite Bobo being there. Um, they had had some bad luck with injuries, but even there, uh, I don't think Bobo is going to. I mean, Bobo would have to beat us and went out to even have a shot at sniffing that head coaching job. Um, I mean, it wasn't going anywhere, man. Like it just wasn't. Mushroom no, wasn't. It just wasn't working. No, and you know you can tell by the fact that like after that long, you remember. Let's not forget they won at Georgia last year, right? And that bought him nothing. I bought him a year. Him. I think he'd have gotten fired last year. Yeah. Had, they, had they gone three and nine instead of four and eight and beaten us, mm-hmm. he'd probably have been fired last year. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, like, clearly things were not on. You know, it's the old Bruce Weber idea. Yeah. When you know, you know. Yeah. Like, when it's not, like, there's just, other than maybe, um, it's really, really hard to find a coach that looks like, that once they start going downhill at all, pulls out of it. And well, downhill, certainly that kind of downhill. Yeah, exactly. Not, not like Kirby Smart didn't make the SEC championship game in, uh, this year when they did last year. Not that kind of downhill. But once it starts like getting away from you, it's really hard to so pull you think, back. So you think Pruitt's in the downhill? I mean, like, they did – I would say that, like, they're still recruiting better than South Carolina was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they still had – like, certainly they're – it's not going well right now. But, you know, they ended last year well. There was momentum going into this year. It's still relatively earlier, at least earlier than it is uh, than it was for Muschamp. Uh, and, you know, for him, you can almost do a, you know what, the pandemic year has just been kind of, like, there are certain people that the pandemic year is going to get a pass on. Muschamp, like, there was, I don't know, it seems unlikely that South Carolina's next coach is going to be the guy that gets them there. Mm-hmm. But I know Muschamp wasn't that person. Yeah, and it, South Carolina had to have thought of it that way. No matter what happened this year and whatever what happened at the end of the year, things were not going in the right direction. Let alone like you're right, there's been things that haven't gone well, but like they were getting they were getting passed by teams whose coaches are also in trouble. And for me, that, that's that's a pretty bad sign. Yeah, and I think part of the problem for for South Carolina is that you have a double whammy, right? Uh, you potentially made a move or were put in position having to make a move uh, in the same year that Georgia was willing to make a move. And I'm not certain Kirby Smart would have gone to South Carolina. I frankly think he would have been in a similar situation with Muschamp had he had. Uh, and that's not to say that that's not to say that Kirby Smart can't coach. That's to say that the the structural advantages he has at Georgia are so much more substantial than anything he would have at South Carolina. Uh, and that has it has a lot to do with recruiting, recruiting base. 
and also, you know, the the overall willingness of the university to get behind uh, a plan. Um, I mean, he, he was hired the week after Kirby was, <laughs> and um, all they had to show for it is a win over Georgia. Yeah. Um, right, right. They didn't win. I don't think they won in sixteen, um, and no wins over Florida. Right. I'm just sitting. I'm trying. To nothing. Th- There's I'm really nothing. Like a couple of wins over Tennessee, but you know they. And then on top of that, on top of Georgia, who they view as their biggest in conference rival, um, charmingly, charmingly, cutely, um, kind of rising back to the top of the division. Um, Clemson is on a, a, a historic run, not just for Clemson, for nearly everybody not named Alabama. Which is, which I would argue is probably even a larger issue. It uh, is a larger sorry. issue because all the South Carolina people have cousins, mamas, mm-hmm. uncles, sisters, significant others that wear orange and are in their ear all the time about it. And that gets old. Just ask tech fans. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's remember to make sure to have a dab moment, by the way, uh, before this podcast. Over. Yeah. Like now as good a time as any. Oh, boy. Uh, Will, so, you have the stage. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I wrote, so I did, uh, I have a column tomorrow, uh, by the way, um, that, would, that I, I, I relinked my old piece about Debo Sweeney from last year, about how, for all the talk that Nick Saban is the bad guy, or all the other bad guy, Debo Sweeney, to me, seems college football's true villain. And in every possible way, he has done nothing in the last year to uh, dissuade me from that notion at all. And I would argue what he did uh, in the wake of the Florida State game may actually be, other than the, other than the time that he said a reporter who thought that they wanted to investigate the, South, the uh, South Carolina players' accusations that Clemson players had called them racial slurs before a game, which which he said he said he would refuse to investigate because they know they would not do that, and you should be fired for even investigating it. That was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would argue his thing uh, t- today. Let's just review what happened, okay? Three hours before the game, but I, I really feel like this gets lost in like the college football, Florida State boo, and Clemson and Dabo and all. We, and it's fun. It's fun to get into that stuff in college football. But let's just take a second back and look what really happened. What happened was three hours before the game, Florida State's doctors and Clemson's doctors, like every team in all sports, are doing right now. Before the game, being like, "Hey, how is your testing going? What do you have? Do you have any positive cases? Are there any contact tracing?" And this is not like the NFL, where you know it's all there's a union and it all has to be go through. This has to be kind of negotiated by doctors themselves, because frankly, leagues are not other than the Big Ten, the Pac-12, are not really policing this that closely. So Florida State learns from Clemson's, Clemson's doctors. That an offensive lineman tested positive yesterday. That's this would have been Friday. Friday, the day before but, the game. But they didn't find out until after they had flown to Tallahassee. Correct. So they're there. They're there. Three hours before the game. They're there. Including they're the player. Yes. Yes, correct. Who got on the plane, the metal hollow tube. Yes. Okay. So he. So they find this out. And in addition to that, they also find out that this player has been symptomatic all week. Okay. He's been symptomatic. He tested negative on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then, th- then I apparently get on Thursday or whatever, how many days they do it. But he'd been symptomatic all week. So basically, in pre-pandemic terms, you would have had flu-like symptoms. He yes. was, I mean, whatever, whatever it was, yeah. maybe he couldn't smell. Like, I, like I, whatever it right, was. Right, right, right. Yeah, it, like, it wasn't stated. Something yeah. was symptomatic. We okay. don't know exactly what it was. Um, like, it's po- like, possibly, had, like, diarrhea is what it was. Like, who knows? <laughs> like, who knows what it was? But he was symptomatic. Something was up. <laughs> To the point, right. to the point where they felt they needed to test him more than they were testing other players, and felt like they should mention it. Yes, <laughs> he had still been practicing all week. He's an offensive lineman. 
which means he's like this is not like a kicker. You know, this is offensive lineman who's right down there with everybody all around, uh, everyone all around there. Remember, this is also not like the NFL where the day after the game the Ravens have to say who all the people who tested positive was. We're not going to find out who tested positive for Clemson all week until next Friday. Don't be surprised if you see some offensive linemen test positive from that, uh, end up testing positive because they were with him all week. So they tell Florida State this. Florida State, as I put in the piece, I don't know if you told me, hey, one of your loved ones is going to be breathing in the face of someone who is has in close contact with someone that was symptomatically had COVID for the next three hours. Would you want someone that you cared about to do that? Because I, I personally would not. So regardless, Florida State, even if even if you would, Florida State's doctors, their job being doctors, are like, sorry, we can't, yeah, we can't, we we can't, can't play this, this game. Like, I mean, like, it's kind of weird that you want to, but we can't play this game. Frankly, you should have told us this before you came down here. But again, that could be a dis- dis- that could be a that lack of communication. These things happen. Everything's over Zoom. It's hard. Some things could get lost in translation. But then Dabo does the thing that makes it really bad, which he goes in and he's and he's so mad that they're not playing because again, it's Dabo Sweeney, literally only thing that matters in his entire world, not player, not 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 player safety, not player conversation, not just not kicking guys off the team because they curse. Uh, which is another thing that he did. But he says, not only we wanted to play and Florida State didn't want to play, but the reason that they didn't want to play was not COVID. It's because they were afraid to play us. Now, it's not great. That I will say, I think that's worse than what Dan Mullen did. And you guys heard about how much, I remember how much I went mm-hmm. for Dan Mullen. That is, that is basically saying, that's not only saying these doctors were being overly cautious, which I don't agree, but like, whatever. We all have our different Grace points on what's too cautious and what's not too cautious. But to say, no, they were scared to play us and that's why they refused <laughs> to come on the field is truly, like, never minding just like it's an actual thing to do to somebody to say about someone who, again, you're th- he also said, by the way, they should pay their transportation for the fact that they flew that they flew down there and they won't play them again until they play in Death Valley because they came all the way down there to play. In the They're not going to reschedule this game? The, the, uh, yeah, we'll see. Okay. But Dabo, I mean, again, he was ranting. Yeah. But, you, I mean, but you know the reason he went off on that screen today, right? Tomorrow night, the college football playoff committee will release their first set of rankings. He was mad he didn't get the data point of beating Florida State 60 to 14. Mm-hmm. And all he had to do was say, that's the worst part of it. All he had to say nothing. You say nothing because his media, his local media, some of his local media was already carrying that water for him. Oh, they, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the job description. Down there. Right. But they were already carrying that water for him. All he had, he had to literally say nothing. The better thing would be to say, look, the coaches made the, the the medical opinion folks made this this uh, um, made this decision. We would have liked to have played, mm-hmm. but you know th- we're in a different time. That's the right That's thing. All he, he has, has to say, say yeah. like, right? Even if he's furious, right? He even can if tell he wants it. to get like a little dig mm-hmm. and say we think we could have been able to play, yeah. mm-hmm. but you know what? Every team's got their own thing. It's a shame. We think we would have stomped them, or what? Even if you want to be a little bit of a jerk about it, but then to directly say Florida State did that because they were afraid to play <laughs> us and they need to pay for our flight there, like, reg- like I mean, it's insane. Like, imagine like, like a normal, like even a considerate person would think like well the first thing i would hear is would be like wow i hope that that everybody's okay <laughs> i hope that that lineman that tested pot like i hope i need to go check on my rest of my offensive line oh those little bastards yeah, yeah like he didn't even guys. think about it one way or the other like 
I'm sorry. I, this is the exact line from my piece. Davos Sweeney is a monumental prick. Like he's the worst guy in college football. And Ooh, Hugh Freeze is still out there. Yeah, but like the thing. I mean, the thing about it is, and listen, uh, another thing I wrote the piece last year was everybody, regardless. I know not everybody agrees that players should be compensated. I don't want to go down that 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 conversation. But I think anyone that's involved in college football is in one way, like any coach that's making all this money, and is in one way some way benefiting from the structure as it currently exists. You have seen in recent years people like Nick Saban, who explicitly says players should be played, paid, or people like Kirby Smart, who I think actually thinks that, but is also tends to not really get involved in these things, but certainly has not come out and said, no, they mm-hmm. shouldn't. Dabo, every single time he gets asked about this, he said, I'll leave college football if they start doing that. There's this culture of entitlement, and these kids want everything. Like that, at, Literally after he signs a 10-year, $90 million contract, uh, however many fifty million dollars, how much it was, it all checks contract. out. Whatever numbers you throw, out yeah, there. like whatever. And it and the, the, again, this is the highest paid public employee in the state of South Carolina in the middle of a pandemic. It's in like it's one thing to benefit from it and maybe like feel a little bad about it. Maybe you do good things in the world to try to make up for that. It's another thing to say, not only am I benefiting from this, but those who try to change it are actively, I'll get out before that happens. You know he, he lived in a foster home, right? Wor- like, we've been ripping on Saban for years. Dabo is so much worse than no. Saban in every possible way. No, he's a good guy. He grew up in a foster home. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a walk-on. I, he's I, a walk-on. The, the psychology about this is, is that he was a walk-on. His entire life has come through the idea. And listen, I respect where Debo Sweeney got to where he is. He is a hard-nosed dude who is a walk-on, and he's very much that scrappy. Who was, the, who was their old uh, white wide receiver that caught the touchdown? Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, right, right. Yeah. And, um, and very much a Hunter Renfro type of guy. But, and I, listen, I like rooting for the guys. Like, wasn't he an interim coach yeah, for yeah, Clemson? Yeah. 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 Look, I, and I say those things, and I hope you understand, I, I, when, when I'm not mocking people that grew up in foster care, uh, and I, I, I'm certainly trying not to mock people who actually live their faith. Um, my point is that you can you can have come up in tough circumstances. You can actually be a decent person and also still be a jackass, right? And so about something, Will Muschamp's a good example. Everybody talks about how high character he is. What a decent guy. So good with the media. So good with families. But he also praised DJ Jerkin yeah, and right. talked about how tough a situation DJ Durkin was in, you know, when one of his players died on the field. And you look, we talk about Kirby Smart and a lot of times about his uh, reticence to talk about do anything uh, uh, PR related, right? Um, I would rather him coach speak his way around oh, no everything <laughs> rather than. Right. Look, you don't, again, you can say, man, I really feel bad for DJ Durkin. Um, I feel awful for the player and his family. And but DJ Durkin, no one feels worse about that than DJ Durkin, right? That's all you have to say. You can express sympathy to DJ Durkin. But he went further. He's like, I hate what that guy's been through. Uh, and went after people who questioned right, about it. Went after people, right? So they're including the family of the player. Right. So before <laughs> before you like, well, you know, you gotta understand I, I just, this it's look, I have screwed up. I have screwed up so many times. I I run my mouth, I say stupid things. I'm also not paid whatever million dollars a year to literally take care of the lives of 85 to 100 college age men. And it's a sign that they have too much power. It's a sign that right when when you can say that and literally, I mean, it's like when when Gordon G said about Jim Trestle, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope he doesn't fire me, Mm -hmm. right? Well, you know, Jim Trestle's president of university now, but whatever. Was there any quote from Dan Radakovich on it? The AD. 
Does, or is he not? He doesn't care that money's rolling in. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dabo Sweeney. Like he could, he could have Dan Radkovich kicked out of his house right now <laughs> with his wife and family. Stay there and Dabo move in. Yeah. For the, I do not think Dabo would do that. To be very clear, Probably, no, uh, I don't think he would but, either. But if he wanted to, he could. Yeah. Like it's like to me uh, uh, and. You know, college football again has a history of these guys. Woody Hayes tackled the dude on the sideline. A Clemson guy, not unsurprisingly. <laughs> like, so, like, I get it, and I get it, and I get. It. I just literally on this week's on the on the post game show, I criticized Kirby Smart for his media policy and how I think. Yeah. But I, I I don't think that make, that's because Kirby Smart is a jerk. I'm criticizing because I think he's doing himself no favors. Right. I think he's making it harder on himself in the long term than than it necessarily has to be. Dabo Sweeney is like if this is actually what he believes, if this is actually what he believes, and that's his reaction, and that's his reaction as a representative of of, of the of Clemson University, it's Clemson, it's like University, Clemson University, of Clemson University, and the highest paid public employee in the state of South Carolina, where people are like unemployed and like trying to just make and they're about and 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 desperate for some sort of help in this one of the most difficult times of their lives. It is it's where I can I feel bad about going as hard after Mullen as I did. Uh, after after oh, I, I saw that, I don't feel bad about that because because <laughs> that, that that's one of the worst things I've ever seen a sports pit figure do. It was not great, and it, I, yeah, guys, I promise we're going to talk about South Carolina, um, which I guess is a good segue back to South Carolina. Also, uh, screw Florida State, by the way. I'm not defending them, but I'm not defending those people. Well, I'm just right. saying that like, yeah, they, <laughs> they have their own dances. I remember I remember FSU Twitter during the Jameis Winston days. Like, let's not act like <laughs> these are the good guys. But uh, it's just, that, but I don't think the doctors who were worried. about about their players, uh, the the health of their their players, and more important, the health of the players' families who may be going home for Thanksgiving. Right, um, is, uh, uh, is is it's pretty insane. Yeah. Okay, please go back. No, I was just about to say, um, it, it does get back though to South Carolina, their university president, who probably will make this call because it feels like Ray Tanner may or may not be. I mean, it feels to me like Ray Tanner could not be long for the job. Um, I, without like. I mean, again, if I were South Carolina, I would be talking to Coastal Carolina's coach tomorrow, but I'm not South Carolina, and it looks like it might be Shane Beamer. If it's Shane Beamer, um, mm-hmm. it's altogether possible Bobo could stay there as offensive coordinator still. He could come. Is rating. Shane Beamer on the staff? Where, where is, he? Uh, is he at Oklahoma still? I think he's still at Oklahoma. Okay. Um, but he's going to get a shot at a head coaching job soon because of his last name. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He could be a great head coach. Uh, he's going to get a shot. And uh, South Carolina, it feels like the kind of it feels like the kind of move South Carolina would make because it is a name. People will recognize mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's kind of what they've done ever since the Holtz hire. Yeah, look, they got super lucky. Well, Holtz, I mean, Holtz was fine, but they got super lucky. They got Steve Spurrier on the downswing and basically offered him the perfect retirement riding and retirement gig, which is play all the golf you want. Give me eight wins a season. Steve Spurs like, why? Why can't we win ten? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, and that's he did for a couple seasons, <laughs> right? right? Uh, until he got Grayson Lambert and um, had had to quit. And um, but that's that's kind of where South Carolina is going to go. They're not going to make a smart head coaching hire because they are internally disposed predisposed to make a big splash because of Clemson and because of Georgia and because they feel inferior. Uh, it, look, I, it's, look, I have friends that are South Carolina fans, uh, and I don't think I'm speaking out of league when I say uh, generally the University of South Carolina really wants to 
um, they really want to make a splash in everything they do and without thinking that if we make a really good hire, we don't have to win this press conference. And that's that's just not how they're going to approach it. I think they'd be so much happier if they just accepted they're like the SEC's Purdue. Like if they were just like, you know what? If we get to seven or eight wins a year, this has been a good year. Maybe one year we're going to get hot or something. But like I guess you can't have a Purdue in the SEC, right? <laughs> like I guess, um, I guess Missouri is probably as close to a Purdue in the SEC as you would find. Like Missouri is less prone to want to do something like that, but we have to win the press conference. Kentucky, yeah, they, they Kentucky's, a guy named probably, Drinkwitz. Kentucky's yeah. probably Purdue. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. only because they have basketball, right? right. Well, and right. that, and they're you know we win seven eight games, yeah. slip up yeah. on somebody, maybe get in the yeah, and they don't feel obliged to like. Well, no, if we don't get up to ten or eleven, what yeah. are we even doing? I guess yeah, Kentucky's so a good example. Yeah, he's a good example. So, but South Carolina. Um, I we're still not sure if Shai Smith is going to play. They play two quarterbacks. Um, so is Colin Hill hurt? Or is he I was, just ineffective? I was thinking, well, I mean, Doty, I mean, Doty wasn't much better. Yeah, Doty got a significant play in time this last week, so I assume they're going to play too. Uh, Mike Bobo loves switching in and out quarterbacks. That's Joe Cox. And um, wait a minute, I got the wrong guy, do I? No, hmm. I don't. No, Joe not. Cox. Did Cox was, switch in and out with somebody? I mean, I remember when uh, Tarashinsky was here and he was switching in and out. Yeah, JT3. Um, so, but, Those are ancient memories. Right. Oh my God! Did you see the Channing Tindall who is from? Yes. He's from South Carolina. Yes. He's like I remember back when I was a little kid watching Georgia come come to Columbia and play. Friends, he was talking about the 2012 and 2014. He's talking game. about Todd Gurley watching Todd Gurley as a kid. <laughs> oh my God! What was the what was on the NFL in the NFL pregame the other day where? Uh, um, this is a starting quarterback for one of the teams. That, oh, it's like that Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill was being interviewed by uh, Aaron Andrews. He said, "I used to. I totally remember seeing you on television. when I was a kid, and the stink face that she gave oh, him yeah. <laughs> was pretty. Incredible. You're not reading the room, man. <laughs> it was pretty. Incredible. By the way, he has the same measurables as Christian McCaffrey. Oh, really? Like, and he's sitting there playing quarterback. You wonder if he's if they're not even utilizing him correctly. I don't know. I watched the game yesterday. He was amazing against the well. Don't anybody, throw deep. I'll just don't throw deep. Anybody looks amazing. Yeah. Like how he just he just outran um, the the dude from Florida on the Falcons team, the linebacker. Not I can't Pat remember McKinley. his name. No, not him. Um, <laughs> gosh, I can't remember his name. Deion Deion Jones. Oh, just like. Completely made the corner on him and just danced into the Taysom corner. Hill was something else in college. If you paid any, you know, attention. he had the, he had like six years. He had like three knee injuries, or something. Yeah, he had he, a very yeah. frustrating college career, and you kind of forgot about him. And then he shows up on the Saints roster three or four years ago, and he's legitimately it's, good. It's fun to watch. Uh, I think uh, he's also a great example of how NFL Twitter is so much different than the way that NFL fans actually are. NFL Twitter hates Taysom Hill. Why? Because because broad because the same reason they hated Derek Jeter, broadcasters love him uh, so uh, much because oh. he's scrappy white guy. So then they hate him. So then they hate him. Yeah, and then they miss out on. And listen, I understand that there are tons of stereotypes that announcers have been playing into for all these years. Taysom Hill is awesome and really fun to watch, and you should probably try to enjoy it. Yeah, it's also weird to be like, yeah, like we want to support Jason Jameis Winston. Really, that's who you want to support is Jameis Winston. <laughs> that's that's the guy that you're cheering for right now. Thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions last year as the starting quarterback for the Bucks. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> oh man, yes. I had him on my team for um, twenty four of those interceptions. So, what do we know about South Carolina's defense? Is this going to be um, another? Uh, is this going to be another Daniels uh, showing off day? Well, here's the thing. I I think anybody that watched the game last week, and I assume the rest of the teams on our schedule did, they're going to run blitz a lot, and they're going to say, 
well, if Georgia scores fast, we might be able to score fast. Because that's, I mean, we, we, we should have a conversation about our defense, especially on short passes, because been exposed the past two games. Um, I am, um, I mean, South Carolina, I mean, Bobo has shown the ability as an offensive coordinator um, of exploiting, um, I'm sorry, we're talking about, I'm sorry, I'm just like so focused on our defense right now. Um, We'll get back to that. Um, I, I think probably so. Yeah, they um, they probably have a little better cover corners than um, than Mississippi State does. I certainly don't think they're going to go zero shell a bunch uh, because obviously, you know, um, look, Daniel's Daniel's entire facial hair did this. <laughs> like, and when he saw zero coverage, he saw zero coverage. Like his eyes, <laughs> it was like a porcupine. He really was. But like, it was like a very like, sad. He shaved the Doc and, Holiday mustache. Yeah, the so. Doc Holiday mustache. Yeah. I was I was a little disappointed it was gone, but it's probably best for everybody that it is. Um, so Chris Hansen's not going to show up at his house. <laughs> But, um, there is a certain like, how seriously can I take this? <laughs> well, he's a California guy, so you kind of, you know, he, he grew up in a different climate. Speaking of, I, I know there's been some hay made out of his comments, but it, I realize this will be the last time we hear from him until he graduates. <laughs> but my God, that was refreshing. To listen to a player just say like, "Yeah, you know, man, if we." Why recruit those guys? You're not going to throw the ball to them. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, yeah. Kirby. You are, Kirby you are just crapped for, down his leg, yeah. man. You're not playing for Chip Kelly right now. No. <laughs> you're not playing for Rick Neuheisel no. right now. And, but, um, uh, yeah. I, no so, that California. Does. I mean, I think altogether possible that Daniels has another good day because, um, I frankly, I think South Carolina's going to stop the run again. Uh, because, like you – the only like the they have a pattern for trying to beat Georgia, which is dragging Georgia down into the mud pit and getting yeah. into a tickle fight. Yeah, and it that's works. Ex- it works yeah. that's what happened. It's been working last for year. years. It's been working for years. That's that's the way, right? Um, I think the difference is it's like well, we didn't even talk about the flea flicker that was an out pattern. I know. For I was two so yards. excited. <laughs> yeah, guys. I said, There's the flea flicker. There's the flea flicker. Yeah. And you check down to like cook in the wing. I'm like, yeah. four yards. Happened, yeah, like man. why even do a flea flicker? Just throw it away. Covered. Out they were all covered. They were yeah, all covered. Whatever. Throw it away out of like self respect. Uh, right. Right. Throw it, throw it past the out of the end zone. <laughs> so I think I think Daniels does have his yards again. I don't. I mean, 400 seems. Uh, I'm I'm still a damaged Georgia fan, so it's yeah. probably a little that much to expect. Yeah, uh, but I also think we're going to get more than 25 yards rushing out of the running backs, right? Right. right. Um, and I keep saying 25 yards because that was how many yards the the yeah. running backs had minus sacks. Yeah, minus sacks. So it feels like we'll have more than 25 yards rushing. Um, I'd like our uh, right tackle to play a little bit, or right the right side of the offensive line, frankly, yeah. to play a little bit Erickson, better. Erickson struggling. <laughs> uh, yeah, running yeah. in, running in, uh, yeah. pass blocking. Yeah. Um, defensively, I think um, I mean I think Bobo is going to find a way to exploit the defense a little bit. I mean, we are suspect to short passes. Um, our linebackers, particularly inside linebackers, as awesome as they are, uh, particularly when they're hobbled, are not good pass defenders. Um, they're good tacklers, but they're not good pass defenders. Um, which you know that's that that basically is the epitome of Ben don't break defense, right? You. Uh, you let them matriculate down the field. And that's what happened against Mississippi State uh, that had not happened except in the, the Alabama-Florida games. It's like we would let teams go down the field um, a couple times in the first half and result in field goals. Could it be that LeCount is that valuable and missing him? I mean, because they played pretty lights out against Kentucky. 
it's LeCount and Davis. I think yeah. I think having Davis in the middle of the line to create um, basically you do two things with Davis because he's so big, you you basically shut down a throwing lane in the middle. And it's not that like it's not that Rochester can't do that. It's just like Davis is so much. He's just that right. He also has a tendency to push his guy back into the quarterback, which means the quarterback has to move when he's trying to do a quick timing pattern, uh, which creates opportunities for the linebacker to read the eyes and and, and close in and, and make either a tackle faster or potentially potentially be their coverage. Uh, but I don't think you can discount LeCount being gone as part of the defensive malaise. Because he is, I mean, he's not, I mean, it's hard, you can't call him the quarterback because he's probably he's not. He's a first-round draft pick, isn't he? But he's, he is probably a first-round or was a first-round draft pick. And probably more importantly, he was easily the best um He's, he's probably one of the best players in America at reading, run, pass, and reacting and, and closing gaps um, as a safety. And that matters a ton when you're throwing underneath, you're throwing wheel routes, um, and you're also counting on um, linebackers to, to really run fit because as a safety, you're probably stepping up into those those intermediate pass patterns in a way that that our inside linebackers just hadn't been able to. Mm-hmm. And there was also, you know, obviously those guys are the, the best defenders of the team, but they're also the, kind of the leaders of the mm-hmm. defense. And there was a flat-footedness to the defense, I thought, yeah. uh, on just a general lack of... I remember how much we the used malaise. To talk, yeah, remember we used to talk about, that was the old uh, Dan Rubensee line where the defense felt like they were they were kids that had just been let mm-hmm. out in recess. And uh, I always said that, you know, that Roquan was, fault was dropped from the sky on guys. There's There's none of that. Like there is, there is certainly not last game. Yeah, there was versus Auburn and Tennessee, but not lately. Yeah, it's just and and it's not. I think it's not that these guys aren't talented. Like they're obviously still deep and talented, but there is just something about them that's just a little on their back heels, uh, a little bit across the board against you know and 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 maybe that's what happens. Frankly, when Florida almost puts up fifty on you in the first half and uh, and and gets you uh, back like that, but yeah, I, I don't think there's any question that like to me the thing with the defense was like even when you know even when there was like a running play and they or, or they they'd get a guy, it never felt like. Like that aggressive, we want the mm. we want the shoulder pads, mm. uh, uh, savage sort of thing. It, it just that, they just didn't have that uh, in, in a game where it's not like the like the defense didn't play well, but it's not like they gave up fifty points in the first half, for example. But there's just a, seems to be a little that thing at the beginning of the year where like, wow, no one's going to score on this mm-hmm. team. It just feels like they they don't have that kind of passion and fire that that they had before. I mean, certainly in the in the first half, it, it felt that way. I, look, I think there were some adjustments made in the second half, and I think the team played. I think defensively, particularly, we played with more uh, more um, havoc. Havoc. A passion is not the right word because I don't want to just like use the word you just used, but like speed. They played with more speed, more urgency uh, in the second half. I mean, like I said you know, on the Sunday broadcast, we. Um, yeah, we gave up 125 yards in the second half. 75 of those were on that first drive, uh, and like 40 of those were one play. Um, you know, I I think you um, you also can't discount what happened last year in Athens uh, with that loss to South Carolina uh, and the the kind of which way it pointed the team's trajectory. And I, I have to assume. Um, there's a picture of a smiling Muschamp on a bulletin board or two, or a smiling somebody in a bulletin board or two at Buttsmere Hall and the, and the football practice facility. 
if you can't get up for this game, I, I mean, you know, look at 7.30 in Columbia. For the first time in history, it's not going to be 177 degrees at kickoff. <laughs> um I assume maybe it was going to be that hot there. I just I, I, I have no proof. I think, that I think they're be. also lucky the fact that we're getting them late in the year. We've never played South yeah. Carolina this late, obviously, and usually we get them in second game after they've had that early Thursday game and they get ten days off. That's what Spurrier used to always do, and they would give us a tough game. Yeah, and as Spurrier would say, we'd have four or five guys <laughs> suspended. Yeah, suspended. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I, when you when you break this game down, I mean, we can Jimmy and Joe's them to death. But I think it's reasonable to expect us to want more out than be able to Jimmy and Joe's them to death because we got a little taste of the good stuff last week. Uh, maybe not defensively, certainly offensively. And um, scoring points is fun. It would be fun to see like this just kind of get rolling a little bit. Yeah. Because it's been a while. It has. <laughs> it's yeah. been a while since you've seen that. And I think that's actually part of there's almost like a gratefulness for for Daniels just to be able to, to see a guy like that can you have do a it. chance yeah and, and for what it's worth like again he did underthrow some balls mm-hmm. he was not perfect hit but, balls batted down yeah and you had more had just as many balls as Setson had yeah three down. had three like and, three of his first four yeah. incompletes were batted so there balls. goes that argument about the height I yeah. just think it's just he just hasn't played in a long time yeah. and he's not he's not getting full extension on it. But I, I mean I would think so. Who knows? But I would certainly it well, seems I mean most he's likely. he's easily three or four inches like he's tall, tall right, right, and right. and he also doesn't throw a three quarter arm slot. Right. So it, see, it does seem top. like a fluke in that in that yeah. or 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 that was just uh, Mississippi State still had the Stetson game plan in <laughs> and they were just constantly <laughs> raising their hands all the time and just and uh, but I would say that uh, just to, to to have it's just like listen we have talked. Uh, quite a bit on this podcast about how even with, with Georgia winning, it hasn't really been that inspiring in a while. Like it's still fun. We want it's great. Mm-hmm. We all remember when they weren't winning, and this is much better than that. But I don't think there's any question that Georgia football has not been electrifying since the revenge tour. Yeah, and it, I would say since the first half of the Alabama game. Of the yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say it was the last time they were truly like so eighteen. Yeah, I would. I would say that that game, like yeah, that, sure. that that game. I remember there was a moment in that game where Kirby was like tamping down the Georgia crowd uh-huh. because everyone was just going so freaking nuts because it looked like Georgia was going to win. And uh, that was when Tua was kind of limping around. Yeah, it and just looked like this Kurtz is it. In, yeah. And it just felt like this is the moment. And the offense was fun and from throwing great. And we just, I don't think we've seen, we've seen individual games where they've stomped guys, but it just has not felt like, hey, we could like score with a lot of teams now. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. You, you, you can stop Georgia Tech. It's all fine and good. But it doesn't feel that uh, if you play – like, listen, I still think if they played Alabama or Florida, they would probably still be outgunned, even with Daniels. But it feels like you're closer now. Like, even the games they've won this year, the Kentucky game was like, mm. ugh. Like, yeah, we're winning. but And, and it's better to win. We're not saying yes. it's not better to win. But it is just – it's not inspiring or particularly exciting. And I think you've, frankly, seen that in the fan base. And I think, I think you've seen the reaction to that. Never minding just then, we talked about the South Carolina last that game last year. Anybody remember what the vibe was like before that South Carolina game? It was a noon game. The place was dead. Yeah, that I was, Kirby predicted it on the exactly. pregame. Like, yeah, there's they just been ready. a general kind of, yeah, we're going to win, but we'll slog our way through it because that's what we do here. And Kirby talked about he wants to get away from man ball, and that's not necessarily, not so much get away from it, it's not what he was ever fully about. But this is 
better. Like this is just better. Like and 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 again, it was against Mississippi State, a team that not particularly bad on defense, but it would be nice to see, particularly when their losses, other than South Carolina, have been to teams with big offenses that are scoring huge and clearly seem the direction that all of this is going. Uh, no one asked Nick, Sa- Nick Saban about man ball anymore. No. <laughs> because because uh, he's, he's got an offense that has it. It feels, I don't think Daniels is, has the Georgia offense at the Alabama or Florida level, but it certainly feels like this is the direction Georgia's going to have to go if they're going to be able to get mm-hmm. to where we want them to go. And so it's going to take a while to get there, but it feels like they're at least pointed in the right place. Yeah, and I want to make sure we tamp expectations on Daniels because he's still learning, right? He's still his. There are reasons. And he's whatever, still entirely recovered from right, injury. Whatever those reasons were, I think we got a break because we got an extra bye week, which gave uh, the coaches time to to work him in more, let him get some reps, first team reps. Um, I, I still stand by my opinion that some of the running issues Saturday night were. Um, you know, he still learned the playbook and he didn't get the right run checks or run fits in. Um, because, you know, that's Kirby Smart does value attention to detail and a, ability to do things according to a certain plan, right? He is not, if, if he thinks, put it this way, if he thinks for a second you're going to go out there and freelance it, you're less likely to start. Um, because that's not what he likes. Um, but as he grows into this offense and as he continues to get first-team reps, both in practice and games, I think it's safe to say that um, JT Daniels will continue to impress. Uh, I, I think there's some proof of concept that happened Saturday night. Um, I, it's certainly like I didn't see anything out of the offense schematically that I hadn't seen all season, right? We just saw execution. Um, and, and it feels like this is the kind of game where you can see more of that. And when you work in some competent running game, which I think we'll focus on this week, um, it feels like it's the kind of game. And then throw in what happened last year is it feels like the kind of game where you might get your wish, Will. And he um, he played the full season at USC his freshman year. He started or played in 11 games. He, right, was... he reclassified to go early. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was uh, about a 60% completion percentage, 2,600 yards, 14 touchdowns, 10 picks. Yeah. Right. A young freshman. Yes. Yeah. In an offense where the offensive coordinator got fired that year. Offensive coordinator got fired at the end of that season. Was that T. Martin? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's Tennessee podcast. No, I don't know. Last thing before we get into this, I you know I, I feel obliged, particularly after my Dabo rant, um, to defend Kirby Smart once again, and and generally not just public relations wise, but like the thing about Kirby as quarterbacks, right? This is the thing that people get after him about, and uh, it is frustrating as people that have talked about Georgia every single week for a very long time now. Uh, the there is not a coach and probably not a human on the planet. That would have benched Jake Fromm to put in Justin Fields. Like, it just wouldn't have happened. No, there's thousands on Twitter. I, yeah, yes. I hear from they, them. I remember. I'm sure they <laughs> – yes, I'm going to say the old takes exposed uh, on that from back in the day. But this was the first year where – like, that was the narrative about Kirby Smart, which I believe to have been unfair. And particularly it's unfair when you think Fromm's going to come back and he doesn't. And then you think you've got this perfect fit guy to come in and then right before the season starts he bails 
and you have to scramble. And I think this is this has long been the this is what you talked about with uh, Blutarski. Like this is that th- that whole idea. So I, but I do think, as as we said in the wake of Daniel's comments afterwards, this is the first time where I've thought, okay, this is a fair thing to criticize him for. Is not so much waiting so much to do Daniels, but like after the game, never minding what Daniel said. The other thing was lost was what Kirby said. Immediately he said, "Oh yeah, he's our quarterback the rest of the way." <laughs> oh, like yeah. after all of this stuff about like I'm not picking a guy, we're figuring that's in practice. He's like, "Oh yeah, 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 he's our guy, he's our guy, he's our guy." And for what? And I, he didn't say it in like a sorry sort of way, but it does feel like there is. There was no gamesmanship. There was no screwing around about that. It does feel like Daniels is the guy. I think it would require, frankly, another injury for Daniels not to start against Clemson next year. Oh, I think you're right about that. And uh, look, I, there there are some articles out there that I feel are very clickbaity about Kirby. Kirby, that's some very, very deep thought pieces. Kirby owes everyone an explanation. I mean, look, um, if you think for a second. Kirby was sitting on JT Daniels because anything other than <laughs> either one of two things, he didn't think JT Daniels uh, injury-wise was ready to go, regardless of being cleared, or JT Daniels wasn't ready to run the offense, which base, both falls under the gives us the best chance to win. I, I yeah, I mean, look, he, he showed some mobility, right? But he also... He did underthrow the ball, which if you blew out your right knee 15 months ago, you might underthrow a ball if you're throwing it 50 yards down the field. Now, I'm not I'm this is where Kirby's PR um, reticence to talk about things hurts him. Right. Because think about the fact that he has to say sometimes, you know, I'm trying to win. Right, like, like it's amazing right. to me that, that, is, that he that has to right. say stuff like now, that. Now sometimes. he, I mean, huh. and, and, and I, for the record, like I actually understand where he's coming from because so much of these questions are like, "Why didn't you start Daniels? Why did you do this?" He's like, "Listen, motherfuckers, like I'm try, like I'm what I literally think about winning all the time. Yeah. This is what I want more than anything. I wasn't trying not to win. Now the reason he has to do that though is because he's again getting back to my general thing. He's so reticent and he's so uh-huh. slow uh-huh. to just give you." any sort of insight into his thought process that your only response is like, wait, are you like not trying to win? <laughs> which he obviously is. Yeah. But like that, the, the reason he gets questions like that, which I agree are kind of dumb questions, but the reason that he gets them is because he gives you so little that you just like, okay, so if you're not going to tell us your thought process, I'm going to have to guess. And I don't understand it because this guy's obviously so much better than what you had. I don't know what you could have been thinking. And to me, that's why he, he gives uh, those, those answers to those questions. Yeah. And just builds back to the whole narrative, which you got to have a narrative. You can't just write, simply write JT Daniels in. He's great, isn't he? Right. You have to say things. Right. And, and, and that is where you get to the hot take of, well, Kirby owes us an explanation. Yeah. Um, if that's look, if you, understand i used to have a blog um i that's one of the reasons i don't i never literally never asked scott how many people listen to this because (laughs) it can become obsessive and it did for me for a while and i you know it's i just i'd rather say something you could do a little bit more promotion we might could get our numbers up tony yeah that's fine i (laughs) i mean i i've offered to strip on Zoom? No, I haven't. Uh, well, I, no, will be, not, I will be. I will be screaming. Uh, that I will be screaming will outside the window. The <laughs> would not help. WSLSpodcast.com. Right, there we go. There we go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but just 
It, but it also it does get back to the um, it does get back to the thought that you have to have you you can't simply have things right. There has to be reasons for things happening, and it can't. And if something bad happens, you should have seen this coming. You should have seen it coming. And stopped it. Right, and stopped it. Right. If you want to have this conversation, we can talk about Georgia's offense after the South Carolina game last year, right? Because eh, I think some of that blame can be put on Kirby. Um, but you, you, Kirby, Kirby was dealt quarterback wise this year. Kirby was dealt a hand. Uh, he had he had what he thought was his ace taken from him. Twice, actually. Yeah, twice. <laughs> right, 14 games before the – I mean, 14, 15, 16 days before the season started. Three weeks, almost yeah. three weeks. And he thought Fromm was coming back. Right, and he thought Fromm was coming back <laughs> last year. So it, I think the, really the question you have to ask yourself is like, well, if Jake Fromm were still here, would JT Daniels be playing right now? Would we Would we have lost to Alabama and Florida? Um, Possibly? I don't know. I would say probably yes. Probably yes. Yes. So – and I'm a, I'm a, I've become a quite a from booster. Right. Remember, let's not forget, it was just like two or three weeks ago, people were like, who's got more heart, Fromm or Stetson? Fromm. <laughs> Fromm is the answer. Because Fromm is better. Well, I don't know, that doesn't mean heart. Um, yeah, yeah, so, but I think, I mean, look, Daniel goes out and has 400 yards of offense again, goes 24 of 32 or whatever he was, and throws no picks. I think some of this noise goes away. Um until you start writing the retroactive well, what if pieces, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, fortunately, someday down the road, JT Daniels will probably come out when he's allowed to talk to me and say, oh, yeah, I had no business playing against Florida or Alabama because my knee was bad. Because right. he, he feels like the kind of dude would just throw that out there. It Speaking is a, of, it is a shame he's not going to get, get any more interviews. Right. He, like, he will not talk to anybody ever again. <laughs> One other thing, we have to talk about this. Um, because he's actually on your fancy team, Rodrigo got oh, his first yeah. game winner in overtime. Walk off. Yeah, it was he, great to see because because I'm sure Colts fans remember they've had Adam Vinatieri forever. Yeah. Like they were probably like, this is his first big clutch kick. Who does? Who, who knows? I'm pretty sure they guy? built like the. And the I was watching. And I was him. like, he's gonna bang this. Yeah, <laughs> like, he just yeah. knew he was gonna. And because it was a huge moment. Also, that was the last game of the day. It was in overtime, so yeah. everyone, everyone was, was watching. watching. It was very very cool. Yeah, we got a call from my in-laws. Um, Indiana's driving, blah, blah, blah. Overtime was like, I told Chris, I'm going to turn TV on. And we got we turned on just in yeah. time to see it. And, you know, him awkwardly running up the field by himself. And then, like, his team mobbed him. And he's laying on the ground almost in the fetal position because he's not a big dude, <laughs> right? Was, and they're, bigger, a, they're even bigger hit now than they were at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun moment for him. So. It's just so funny to think that, like, I mean, he wasn't drafted. Let's not forget that. He was not drafted. But was there, was there a half a second where you didn't think that Rodrigo was going to be a kicker no. in the world for a very long time? There just wasn't. Like, no. There just wasn't. It's like you didn't know he was going to be doing it. It's just awesome. And didn't just, he win the award, whatever the award is for kickers last year? Not Ray yeah. Guy. Uh, Lou Groza. Lou Groza, yeah. Did he win uh, It was him and the Illinois guy. Yeah. It was okay. him and Chase McLaughlin, who is also in the NFL, picking, yep. for, the, picking for the Chargers. Yep. Chase McLaughlin from Illinois. And... 
But yeah, I, I think it, I, it's great. And let's also not forget, by the way, even forget like how long how, when he became beloved. Let's also not forget his dad and the whole fight about oh. scholarships and that whole thing too. Like it's been quite a journey for. And again, I will never forget last year. My friend Matt Pitzer, who's the, my friend that lives in uh, the, 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 the on the city council in, in Columbia, Missouri, uh, he reminded me. I wrote my newsletter this week. All the rare times I've actually seen human beings in the last year, and he reminded me that just before a year he had come out to the Missouri game last year. Right. And I was sitting with him and his son and his son was like you have the kicker on the tickets I thought Georgia was good at football mm-hmm. why would you You're have like, the you kicker on know. the tickets I'm like you don't know man you just wait until they introduce people <laughs> he'll get bigger than, get bigger and that, that is not you. Got, I mean I guess there's Kevin Butler but like from my experience it's not like Kickers are always folk heroes here. It's just Rodrigo is just special. It started at uh, that interview in Kentucky when he did the interview with this helmet with and the, the goggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what started. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's the best. Just the best. It's good for him. Yes. All right. So we have picks and trivia. Talk trivia. Good stuff. Well, well, first thing, first thing, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to um, the Pine Bar. Yeah, man. And uh, I figured we'd focus on them a little bit because. Um, I was looking at their wine club. Jennifer had mentioned that. Um, I'm sure she did. She, yeah, because because the all thing the makers is, mark was she gone had, again. She had seen a, a something on their website or, or social media saying it's prorated for this year. So it's it's seventy five dollar annual membership. She she keyed in on the prorated right. part, which I I, I key on prorated stuff all the time, yeah. and that's a that's a that's a very positive buy in word. Um, but. I figured I'd give you the details of it. It, get, it includes four quarterly tastings, a free buddy pass because who wants to drink alone? Right? Me. It's all <laughs> I don't want to, but I, I will. Do. It's uh, all I have. Two, uh, there's two discounted member events and 20%. Here's the kicker. 20% uh, off all bottles of wine when dining at the Pine Bar. And uh, I don't know if you can combine that with uh, their Tuesday 50% off uh, thing. And I... I don't know. I'm not speaking for Scott. Why would you? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they got the uh, they got the wine club. So I kind of figured that was kind of a neat thing that we hadn't covered yet. Yeah. I also, just this week, got an email from Pebble Maine. They're doing the whiskey club next year. Mm-hmm. They are also prorating it uh, because they didn't do the full number of events this year. Um, also, I was talking to my man Huey, my man Chris over there. Not only you will not believe who is leading the the number of whiskeys drank this year. This guy, this guy <laughs> has two thumbs that drink more whiskey than every other whiskeys. person in a county county. Uh, this guy, this guy. Um, oh God, it just made me sound like I'm an alcoholic. No, uh, oh, no, it sounds like I appreciate good whiskey. What's the best one? Um, man, they. I think the best one I had so far was a uh, had a whistle pig early, 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 like before we went to pandemic times. Uh, they had a whistle pig in there; it was really good, and also the uh, birthday bourbon. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, they've all been really good. Uh, they cannot go wrong in there. Um, and I think I'm going to pick up El Barrio tomorrow evening to take home a little pre-Thanksgiving nosh. i tell you, the Samita, uh, the fried chicken Samita is unlike anything I've ever had. Yeah. I'm a fan of the pork belly, uh, um, whatever they're called. The, with the Tacos? No. The gorditas? Gorditas, thank yeah. you. Like a little homemade, almost like uh, purple corn... Uh, it's not really corn cake, but something that's it's got some creme fraiche and uh, almost like barbacoa uh, pork belly. Good stuff. Yeah, and um, this has nothing to do with uh, the food there. Uh, but the last time I was there, you, I don't know the name of the street that goes beside it, where sometimes you have to park because the parking oh, lot's goes full. Back. 
is it north side or yeah. some some north view maybe north view, right? i think north it's north view. view yeah um i parked you know a ways down that and we were walking up there which that's an easy fix if you if they're if they've run out of parking there's a tree it's like a dogwood tree with a hole all the way through it and of course i took pictures of my kids looking through the hole and everything it's 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 bizarre i mean you know you have the tree that owns itself in athens but now there's a there's like a dogwood tree right there you know stone's throw from el barrio has a hole all the way through it it's about maybe the size of a donut so um that's something to look out for i don't know why i've been meaning to mention that for some reason <laughs> in the past couple episodes also one last note to close here um when you, uh, one thing I can tell everyone here of the list of things that you think are going to be a bigger deal than they actually are when you get here, the tree that owns itself is absolutely number one on that list. Uh, when I when moving here, I was like, oh my god, there's like a tree that owns it. This is amazing. They you will like, not disperse the tree. That do they owns all itself. like gather around it and like have special? But nope, nope. It's just really hard to drive past it. Just yeah. a tree. <laughs> that's yeah. really all. I think the cobblestone is. street is more impressive than the tree. I like that. I that, that that's the fun game I play with the kids because I used to pick up. They used to go to preschool huh? first press. And so that was always their favorite thing to do was to zoom across broad. Yeah, you got to make sure your brakes are uh, are yeah. in check. Going and down also, that. people come flying through that spot abroad. You oh, really got to. Yeah. yeah, I almost uh, killed my family several. Yeah, T bone factor right there. Um, well, so for fun office pools, or we could do trivia. Let's do trivia first. Trivia first. first. Okay. All right. So I've, I've got some pretty good trivia tonight. Um, so this isn't really trivia. I guess I just kind of set the table with this, and it, it kind of bounces around. You know, there's no real rhyme or reason. Um, so anyway, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, um, all-time series. Anyone, anyone want to take a guess? There's how many, been how many times have we played? Let's see, fifty-three plus ten, sixty-three meetings between Georgia, South Carolina. I'm gonna go with seventy-two. Let's go with forty-two, thirty, and two, Georgia. Um, you said seventy-two. I think so. Yeah. Something okay, like I know we've tied. So I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna make it math simple: fifty, twenty, and two. Fifty-one. Oh wow! Nineteen and two. Wow, yeah. that's better. That's impressive. Yeah, Georgia. The the thing is, um, uh, Georgia played South Carolina many times. Of course, you know you had the famous Herschel and George Rogers. Yeah, when they were independent matchup, when they were independent, and we played them a lot when they were in the ACC. That one time they won a conference. <laughs> there you go. Um, but the the frustrating thing that you know they joined the SEC in '92. Georgia's only <clears> eighteen <throat> and ten since they joined. I mean, they've been really. They, that's why we were talking earlier. They've been a true thorn. In Georgia's side, uh, Georgia only has win streaks in that time of five games, four games, three games, two games, and two games. And then South Carolina jumps and bites them. South Carolina has a win streak of three. It, at one point, it was like not too long ago. Nine, 10, um, 11, probably. Probably. No. But, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, this is why, you know, last year happened, but for some long standing, long suffering, whatever Georgia fans in this series, it's kind of like, yeah, if a team's going to jump up and bite you, it's going to be the Gamecocks because that's what they've proven to do. Particularly when Spurrier got here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's when the three-game win streak <laughs> yeah, yeah, happened. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, – Though I think the Spurrier's loss to Georgia I think was kind of the final. Oh, that, oh yeah, no. Yeah. It was the, that was the Grayson Lambert 24-25 game. That, that, was, that was the – if you remember, it would be the pregame to that show. Uh, the pregame show we did that I did from the Reagan Library in Los Angeles. <gasps> that's for right. Reagan, uh, for the public convention. We need awesome. you to 
do that again. Maybe our next quarter, quarterback will go 24-25. I don't think I'm going to be allowed to cover any more presidential elections. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit too far out there. Now. That's probably probably best for everyone's mental health. Yes. All right, so here's the first question. Name the three venues that Georgia and South Carolina have been played in. <laughs> Sanford. <laughs> Willie Bryce. So you got Willie Bryce and you got Sanford Stadium. Where's the, the other venue? I mean, you got to pick Columbus. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to do Columbus because I doubt it's Columbus. Um, no, now he's looking at me. Columbus. <laughs> I'm going to say um, Green Jacket Stadium in Augusta. I don't know if it was Green Jacket Stadium, but it was Augusta in 1901. Okay. They played in Augusta, and Georgia won 10-5. to 5. That's a very 1901 score. <laughs> a very 1901 score. <laughs> it should have uh, been Columbus. So, um, so yeah, these are these are – do not really have anything to do with South Carolina, but um, <laughs> we see these people every year. I mean, we also spent thirty minutes talking about Georgia and I'm South Carolina's coaching search and Debus Whitney. So okay, so if if it were a normal year, which I wish it, wish which I wish it was, um, we'd be playing Georgia Tech this weekend. Yes, we would. But yet Georgia will not be playing Georgia Tech. So my question for you is, when was the last time Georgia and Georgia Tech did not play? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm going to say during, like, World War II. That was what I was guessing. I was going to say 42 or so, but... That or, that or like, previous pandemic. It's possible we didn't play them right after they left the SEC for a year or two in the 50s, but I'm going to go with what Will said. He's closer. Um, now, Georgia Tech did field a team during the 1918 pandemic. Georgia did not. Okay. But that doesn't – I mean, they did not play in 1918. They didn't play from 1917 to 1924. Okay. Uh, so 24 is the answer. And from mm-hmm. what I remember reading, uh, Georgia uh, gave them a lot of grief back how it used to give people grief in the 20s. Um, <laughs> I guess hey, you know. Hey, Buster, what's up right. there? It, the, exactly. What are you yeah. doing there? Yeah, getting, like radio you're voice. You're a fidgety knickerbocker. Yeah, right. fidgety knickerbocker. <laughs> because Georgia Tech played during the war. And so Georgia, uh, you know, gave them a hard time. And so then both schools argued about it and they called off the series. So they, they finally played again after the war in 1924 and have played every year since until this year. You don't move right. I don't know. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, the Ramblin' Rex, eh? <laughs> yeah. Rambling Why Rambling did Rambling people Rambling. talk that? Was it the audio <laughs> compression? Was it the compression? Oh, yeah. I tell you. Young, yeah, young flapper named... <laughs> so I, don't know any, I don't know any flapper names. Mitzi. <laughs> that, that's probably it. Um, all right, so JT Daniels wears number 18 and is the starting quarterback for Georgia. When was the last time a Georgia quarterback wore number 18, and who was it? No so idea. Only those no things pop. Idea. I was wondering. I was sitting there thinking. Huh, I haven't number. seen anybody yeah. wear eighteen. Joe Terzinski. No, he oh, wore man. he wore number thirteen. 13 right. Yeah. yeah. I'm no help on this one. So, uh, nineteen eighty eight. Is it Greg Talley? Nope. I think he was fifteen. Or Preston 16. Jones. Nope. Eighty eight. Earlier. Uh, uh, James Jackson. Close. I think he was the year after. Oh, James Johnson. Uh, Wayne. Wayne Johnson. Wayne Johnson wore number eighteen. Oh, the Rock. <laughs> no, not not, not oh, no, Dwayne Johnson. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Wayne. Johnson. I think James Jackson was the year before yes, Wayne Johnson. Thriller from he, Camilla. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, he wore number eighteen. Another another fame. By the way, uh, another famous eighteen. Uh, Damian Gary. Oh, okay. Um, not a quarterback. Not a quarterback. Um, 
So, oh, another famous quarterback for Georgia who wore number 18 was drafted number two overall by the New York Bulldogs and also played for the Philadelphia Eagles. After his playing days, he coached the Oakland Raiders and lost to the Packers in Super Bowl II in 1967. Who is this Ooh, number 18? This, this right, I thought I should that. Yeah. A former Georgia player. Georgia quarterback, coach in the Raiders number 18, was drafted number two by the this, New York you, Bulldogs. I feel like you guys should know I that. Which should know that. I've heard of him. I, I have no and idea. And it's not Fran Tarkenton. Yeah. Well, no. Who is it? Johnny Roush. Johnny Roush. Okay. Roush. Wow. I had no idea he was a coach of the Raiders. Yeah, That's I crazy. didn't either. I, I, I read something recently, um, like who has won the Heisman and NFL MVP, um, and you know who the first one was? Sinkwich. Sinkwich. Wow. Sinkwich was the first Heisman NFL MVP, and I was just blown away by. It. I was like, this seems like we would know about that. More. It's like the three um, Georgia players that won Super Bowl MVP, right? And pour one out for uh, Jake Scott. Yeah. He's yeah. one of them. He passed away last week. He is. He was, uh, I tell you, there's a great article you could find. It was written probably 10 years ago. It was one oh, of the yeah. beat writers like tracked Hawaii. him down. Yeah, went out yeah. to Hawaii and found him, yeah. Yeah, fascinating. I think it was Bradley or yeah. maybe it's Furman Bisher. I don't know. Oh, for the days where you would just send beat reporters to Hawaii to write to about write a guy that used to play football there. At college. That's not happening anymore, right. <laughs> just for what it's, for what it's worth. So um, JT Daniels passed for over 400 yards versus Mississippi, Mississippi State. Can you name the six other Bulldog quarterbacks who have thrown for more than 400 yards in a game? All right, let's, okay. let's do a hot potato. Um, Jake Front. That's incorrect. Oh. Aaron, Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray did it four times. Okay, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford did it one time. Joe Cox. Negative. Quincy Carter. That's incorrect. Let's see. You got one guy I'd never, well, I'd heard of him, but I was like, oh, that's been a while. And then the other three are. Tarkenton. No. Tarkenton never did? No. Okay. Uh, I can't believe I thought Fromm had a four. All right. So, so the guy's been relatively recent. Yes. Oh, um, Zaire. Zaire, yes. Six times he did it. He, he okay. has the most. I think and so you got three more. These are all, these are all guys who did it one time. Okay. Like give, in one game. Give us her time, a, a, a uh, range. Uh, uh, late 90s. Okay. Uh, mid 90s, and then like maybe the 60s or 70s. Oh, okay. Is it my turn or your turn? Yeah, it's just you. you uh, uh, Barkowski. No. Okay. I'll help you on this one. Larry Rakestraw. That's the late 60s. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you got two 90s quarterbacks. 90s? No, I'm out. I'm going to be so mad when I. I know, you will be. Um, <laughs> I probably already said one of his name tonight. No, too. yeah, you have Matt. said his name tonight. Yeah, yeah, but not for this. Oh, um, Tally? No, Mike Bobo. Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Bobo. <laughs> Mike Bobo. And Did then, he really? Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Corey Phillips. Corey Phillips, the Hart County Flash? Yeah. Wow. So one, I would have never gotten you could have given me a thousand guesses. So one Georgia quarterback has thrown for over 500 yards in a game. Can you name who that was? Stafford. It was one, it was one of those yeah. the group that we – Zaire. Zaire. Zaire did it versus Zaire Southern Stafford. Miss 
He threw for 544 yards. That's that's the school record? Yes, that is the school record. So the last time Georgia had 50 or fewer rushing yards in a game, because last week we had definitely had fewer than 50. Uh, And this was in the the waiting since last Saturday uh, time frame. So Will's included in this. I'm sitting here thinking when that was, because I can remember us talking about it. Was... uh, it wasn't the first Alabama. It wasn't 15 Alabama because we had the long run. That's good thought on that. Yes. <laughs> it probably would have been had we not had that had run. Had we not had the long run. How about, it's not that weird, that bad Vanderbilt loss, was it? No, no. It uh, was a bad loss. Yeah. Like a bad, bad like loss? Like a very, uh, I, I remember it well. I remember I had to send my son outside because he wouldn't. Quit yelling at was the TV. Was it the Tennessee uh, bomb game? I'm just going to go to the nope. Sugar Bowl, Texas. But nope, no. this was uh, 2017 Auburn. Auburn. Oh, yeah. Georgia had 46 yards rushing. Remember, they just boat raced wow. us from the beginning in that game. But we got uh, revenge. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, it was, it's, a, it's funny. I don't think of that as a bad loss because they got it back. Three weeks later, in we, like a truly yeah. great yeah. fashion. So. It doesn't seem like a bad loss the yeah. way. It doesn't even seem as bad as losses like that Vanderbilt or even that Georgia Tech. Oh, no, both of those more. seem worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. was the Vanderbilt one, the one where they ran the same play? Yes, like, every yes. time. <laughs> they know they ran the play, called timeout. That's right, and ran the play again. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Cunningham stopped them. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. They didn't give it to Chubb. They did. They gave um, it to. Like we got frustrated Carlton because Thomas or somebody. But, yeah. It wasn't Carlton Thomas, but it's like Carlton yeah, Thomas. It might have been. Might have been Carlton Thomas. Uh, all right, last question. Uh, Jermaine Burton had 175 yards receiving versus Mississippi State, which probably ranks 11th all time because it stopped at 10 and it was just a couple yards short. So I'm guessing it's the 11th all time in a game. What is Georgia's record in yards receiving in a game? Who did it and when was it? And who is it against? This is this predates Will by one season. One season. So there have been 14. AJ Green. No, 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 no. Predates Will coming to Athens so by one. No, I'm sorry, twelve. There you go. Oh, um, oh, 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 um, I'm gonna be so mad when you tell me the name. It was against the Big Ten team. Yeah, in the ball game. Just tell me, I'm gonna be so mad. It was Michigan State. Yes, and it was Tavares, Tavares King. King went for two o five. Citrus Bowl. Yeah. I was sitting on a cruise ship, like, literally doing everything I could to keep from leaving port so I could watch the end of the game. I was like, hey, look, I'm not in the muster station, guys. <laughs> ah, cruise ships. That feels oh. like a thing for me. You know, to yeah. be fair, I never liked cruise I, ships. I'm a huge fan. I've always wanted to go, but that is not an I've been right now. Not right now, but I That's do. definitely not an election. I mean, it should not surprise you that... A group captured. I can literally talk to two thousand different people. Yeah, and they have have poker and drinking. So (laughs) yeah, I I know. I get it. That that makes sense for you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So Tony, you slipped a little bit. Yeah, Uh, you're no longer first, Cal. I didn't believe. Yeah, I don't think I believed in Illinois enough. You are. I did not have a good week. You are uh, two points off the lead. Um, You're still right up there with four hundred eighty-six point points. Uh, Will you uh, drop to nineteenth? Four hundred sixty-two points. I mean, you're you're right there. You're only twenty-six points away. Um, you know, Jim Woods up there with uh, four hundred fifty points. Uh, that's pretty good for him. Uh, Maggie Waller, four hundred forty-one points. Um, yeah, she and my wife are neck and neck. Where's Lawyer Mama? Lawyer Mama. Yeah, 
Bernie Dog. Uh, she should be a little ahead of Maggie Waller. Okay. Um, she might be top with Will now. UGA Carey, 441. So. Well, I've lost Maggie Waller, so, uh, yeah. So, we'll make our picks. No, we, I assuming you guys saw the last-minute schedule edition uh, I change did. that happened. I did. Uh, I did. And, and that I will kinda, be reflected in front office polls. So yes. They'll change that for us. And I like uh, – um, now, does that – does that make it more or less likely that Georgia's going to make up that Missouri game? I think it probably means we won't. Uh, it's harder to say. Um, at this point, it it means that if we make it up, it will. Um, it could well be on the nineteenth instead of the twelfth. Yeah, and the question is whether they'll. Yeah, they'll yeah. Do that. yeah. Um, is Missouri letting in fans? I don't. I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. When I look at the New York Times map, everything from Kentucky North is red. So, yeah, yeah we uh, we were going to go to Columbus, Ohio for a wedding this week, and um, we decided not to. My wife is still going, uh, but she has said she is literally going, like, with a mask on to the wedding site and then leaving. My, uh, my parents are in Missouri right now. Are they really? It's not okay, my favorite your thing, sister? to yeah. be entirely honest. But yeah. Jill and Kevin don't go anywhere. Yeah. Still, it's not my favorite. Well, you know, our thought was, like, we weren't going to take the kids. At this point, we're going to take the kids' wedding, so they're literally going to sit in a hotel room um, for while we are out. I mean, there was that made no sense for us to take drag them 10 hours north for them to sit in a hotel room. Oh, they, they would be perfectly down because you have kids in hotels. Uh, and then turn around and drive There's back. There's, like, four different wirelesses you can get on. on yeah, you, you can't even imagine. Um, so, but, uh, yeah. Games. All right, uh, GSU versus GSU. Oh yeah, in Wait, Atlanta. GSU Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, in Atlanta. Uh, I will take Georgia Southern. Southern. All right, last week. Yeah. Also, by the way, they got robbed. Who'd they play? Army. Oh. They spiked the ball with a second left, and they were like, "Nah, we're good. We don't need to review that." Alabama like, would have gotten a second put back on. Alabama got four seconds put back on. <laughs> Started a whole new quarter. Yeah, yes, basically, right. happening is fifth Georgia. quarter. Fifth quarter, guys. <laughs> All right, uh, Oklahoma at West by God, Virginia. I feel like Oklahoma is they they're not going to get the playoff. Yeah, they figure stuff out. Losses, yeah, but they they figure something out. Yeah, I don't think there's any the questions about that. And I think we all thought they were going to. Yeah, and I think this is why you need to be happy that they lost two games <laughs> because uh, they were they they'd have made a pretty good case if they did. Although their fans are not bathing themselves in glory today. I don't know if you saw one of their equipment managers got hurt, like injured, uh, getting a football after a field goal. Um, some Oklahoma State fans. Wrapped him up a little bit, broke a rib, and Oklahoma fans on Twitter are not being very, uh, they're not being, they're not showing a lot of empathy. Mm. It's bedlam for you. Well, and trust me, you know, I'm not, I, I don't want anybody to break a rib, um, but, you know, I'm, 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 I'm all for some good smack talk, but I do draw the line at beating the fool out of somebody. Okay, another Big 12 uh, game, Iowa State, I Ranked fifteenth, they're still six and two against Texas, who has not fallen off. Who's they're, definitely they're, not they're back. back. Yeah, are they back? <laughs> they're not back. Well, they're, they're back. back to five and two. Uh, I think the Cyclones boat race them. That's why really? I put this on there. I do. I think they. I think they show them they are not back. <laughs> I'm taking Texas just because. Tony's hubris. Well, uh, Iowa State did wear their black jerseys. They wear a bl- all black uniform last week, and I love it because if you follow their stuff on Twitter, it's hashtag Win in the Dark. I, I love that because it's like you Nebraska know, did and did not win. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dude, who Nebraska? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mighty Fontalana. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the ACC. 
We've got Duke and Georgia Tech. You realize Georgia Tech hasn't played since Halloween, and nobody has noticed. <laughs> nobody yeah, no, it's cares. like when a tree falls in the forest. <laughs> uh, two and six Duke versus two and five Georgia Tech. It's basically a pick 'em. Give me the Blue Devils. Give me the Blue Devils. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, uh, staying in the ACC, Notre Dame, number two in the polls, eight and zero. Tough, tough test uh, at. Mac Browns, and this is a Friday night game. Is, does Notre Dame allow? Is, are they allowed they to play have a on Friday? Playing the ACC now, man. Yeah, They're lucky to have a Thursday night game or four. <laughs> I think Notre Dame. I mean, they've you got to pick Notre Dame, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Notre Dame or North Carolina started hot, but then they they, they, they lost, lost to Wake Forest, Florida State. Week. Yeah, was North Carolina in the top ten at one point? They were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've lost two games: Wake Forest and Florida State. Yeah. Well, they, they should, it's just amazing they were able to get Florida State to play. And they beat Wake well, Forest. Forest. They, yeah, they, they beat Wake Forest with the basketball score. Okay. They lost to Virginia. Oh. And Florida State. Yeah. Yeah. Cowards. All right, going to the one Big Ten game that you put on the board. Um, 0-5 Penn State versus 2-3 and Michigan. See, this is tough. This is tough. Uh, I have to give a shout-out to uh, EJ Moran, who noted this week that uh, – uh, Joe Biden has won Michigan so many times that he has to legally change his name to Ohio State. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. So, um, I was waiting for that because I saw that tweet. <laughs> I just I couldn't resist there. Uh, I did I, for the record, I did watch Rutgers uh, Michigan when I got back from the yeah. game on Saturday. I let the, I let William stay up and watch uh, the end of that. That was like it does feel like I know Michigan didn't lose. But Michigan Feels, lost. They lost yeah. <laughs> like, I, dude, I fell asleep in the fourth quarter, and I woke up to watch the last three plays of that game. I was like, "Oh, what?" And Chris was like, "I'll explain it to you later, baby." And uh, it was a whole thing. But uh, yeah, I, I I think Penn State gets on the board here. Give me the Nittany Lions. I, it's funny. This has been an ongoing joke. It's like is because you know, the Big Ten has this thing this year where whatever place you play finish in your division you play the final game of the year you play the team in that other mm-hmm. division um, so the idea that like it's the race to get out of who has to play Penn State mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to go in the last game uh, Illinois helped with that uh, a little bit this week um, I think so Nebraska I uh, I'm still going to pick Michigan I just feel like Harbaugh's going to do enough to hang on to this for another year and losing to Pitt State would not it would not help would not help so the idea of a winless Penn State mm-hmm. Jimmy Franklin I have winless. to I mean Jimmy Franklin. Jimmy Franklin forget him I mean man that fan base has got a winless like they deserve a winless season at some point Joe Paterno Jr. is about to tweet you yeah they <laughs> yes yes there's a lot of truthers out there uh, but they 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 deserve it they deserve it not that Michigan fans are always covering themselves in glory either but um, <laughs> they it, it would be nice to see Penn State after all of everything to have just like a regular year where they don't win a game uh, would be not displeasing so you're picking Michigan I'm picking Michigan all right, now down to the SEC. We got a full slate. Yeah, we do. So far, yeah, at least do. as it yeah, stands right now. Yeah, I did put Illinois in there because the spread's like thirty-eight. They're playing Ohio State. Yeah, that's the that's the big. That's not the big noon Saturday. It's on FS1. Yeah. Uh, LSU at Texas A and M. What spread? A and M has thoughts of the playoff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, spreads fourteen and a half by A and M. That's a little high. This feels like a game the LSU screws around and wins. Yeah. Man. 
Uh, I mean, look, LSU's defense is trash. Their <laughs> offense is uh, it's a bundle of like who knows what you're going to get. But uh, let's not forget Texas A&M did not look great, and they haven't played early, in a while, and they haven't played in a while. So I'll take I'll take I'll take the Bayou Bengals. I can't quite do it. I'll take yeah, I'll take the Aggies as well. Um, Kentucky, Florida, in Florida, Florida. Regretfully, yeah. Is there any way? Is there any? Is there is there any? Uh, conceivably, they could sit on them. No, I'm not saying that. Is there any way that we the hope of last week? Is there any? Is Georgia not mathematically eliminated? No, no. But it, how, how many, many games are there it, left? Three, three. Yeah. So, so Florida have to lose all three. Two, or two, two, lose two of the three. Two. Yeah. And Kentucky, got, Tennessee, and LSU. Yeah. So they got to lose one of these next two, and then hope else. Yeah. Yeah. Kentucky could could sneak yeah. up, and LSU could sneak up. Yeah. It seems unlikely, but that's a better chance than I realized. I mean, if Jeremy Pruitt saves his job and beats Florida, yeah. everybody wins, guys. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, I'm picking. I'm picking Florida. Though. Yeah, I am too. Uh, it's miss- also sad that we even just had that conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I I feel bad for not putting this later, but it's gonna just come up right here. The Egg Bowl. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna. No matter what, I'm gonna bet this one is less consequential uh, than uh, than the Egg Bowl last year. And also, I think there's going to be 714 points. Um, Camille miss. Yeah. The the leg, the peeing on the football that changed football history. It got us Matt Luke. Again, got us Matt Luke. Us, uh, I'm going to go with. And got Mike Leach in SEC. Yeah, Mike Leach. It's unbelievable. I'm going to go ahead and go with Mississippi. Uh, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's 0-7, but Tennessee's heading that way. Or they're sliding closer. You know, Tennessee is... It doesn't feel like Vanderbilt's making any slight little moves forward, right? Like, you'd like to see them see... Well, the first half, they're okay. Yeah. I mean... Hey, that's Tennessee's game. It'd be... I mean, it's funny to think that at the beginning of this year, we thought, wow, is is Arkansas finally going to be the team that's worse than Vanderbilt in the SEC? And now, they are light years different. Uh, I'll, I'll take Tennessee. Uh, unfortunately, not that I don't love watching the losing streak continue, but I'm going to go ahead and take Tennessee. I agree with my friend... With the, with the senator from Central Illinois. Central senator. From this Mexico. is probably Tennessee's last victory of the year. They got to play Florida and A and M. So they're going to end up two and eight. Three and three and seven. Three and seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Checks out. But because there's no um, there's no win requirement to get in the bowl game, they could you know slip up and beat Indiana again. <laughs> yeah, in the Gator Bowl. It's By a, the way, go ahead. It, it, explain your uh, amusement. With the SEC shorts, when Indiana shows up in this week's video, <laughs> yeah. If you have not, you should go and look. Uh, Scott put it on the Twitter feed, the WSLS podcast Twitter feed, or go look at. Um, just go to YouTube go to, and type yeah, in SEC shorts. SEC shorts. Um, it's pretty good, and then Indiana shows up, and it's just like it's it's one of their best this season. Yeah. It's just hilarious. Yeah, go watch it. Um, all right, now we got uh, Arkansas at Missouri. One and a half point. Arkansas. I mean, who would have thought that Arkansas yeah. had been favored on a road game this year? They were favored against LSU early. Um, and to remind, this is the rescheduled game they were supposed to play. Because now, oh. wait, that's right. Tennessee's not playing Vanderbilt now. This game is switched. Wait. Wait, I no, thought it this is. was that's a game right. that got switched. You're right, it is. Wait, they're still going to so beat just, them. But. We just talked about a game that's not going to happen. Yeah, well, that's right. because we're just prophecies. Yes, prophecies. Just so who's Tennessee playing this week? Tennessee's not playing this week. Vanderbilt is playing Missouri. Yeah, Vanderbilt's playing Missouri. Yeah. The, it will be switched. Because Arkansas has the problems in the program. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They, again, 
Yeah, it's Ar- Arkansas is the reason the game right. is canceled. Well, by the way, wow. Sam Pittman uh, did recover from the COVID. Yeah, uh, lost a little weight, mm-hmm. and uh, we we probably all could. But um, I'm glad. Not, to, not the ideal way. Not the ideal uh, way. Yeah. But I'm glad to see you lost some weight. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Recovered from COVID. So are we picking? We're not picking this game. We shouldn't. Okay. But I'm going to pick Missouri. Missouri. Are we picking Vanderbilt, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Missouri, uh, Missouri. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm completely confused. This That's is worse than military I, time. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed it too. I missed it too. Okay. Well, there's two left, and one of them is the Iron Bowl. This game's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, crazy stuff always happens in this game. I, I, I can't possibly believe that Auburn would slip up and win. Uh, they just uh, Bo Nix is. I hope he's there seven more years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a good year, by the way. This is a great year to have extra eligibility because Bo Nix is. Um, he is. Uh, what's a good baseball analogy? He is a he is a competent four starter, right? You don't know what okay. you're going to get. You might get some good innings out of him. You get a win, great, but you're really just hoping to get to the bullpen. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Supon. Jeff Supon, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Will spring in the heat. Uh, yeah, Alabama by all the points. You know, it's funny when you talk about like because obviously anything can happen. This game, this whole thing with this, but it does feel when there's like two more SEC games afterwards. It doesn't have that yeah. end of the world feel that the Iron Bowl usually has, right? Mm-hmm. The Egg Bowl's the same way. Like, yeah. It usually feels like this is the last game of the year, so they leave everything out there for this game. They still got two more games after this and there may be a makeup game. Like it just doesn't feel it doesn't have that it feels like this may just game just go may just go to form. It's Alabama. Yeah. All right. And then uh Georgia five and two travels to Columbia. South Carolina's two and six. Georgia's favored by nineteen to twenty one. It's kind of what you see out there. Uh, I'll go ahead and go. Um you know I predicted Georgia would score 38 points last week. They were almost there. They got the 31. Um, and then you could almost – I predicted Mississippi State to score 12. They doubled that. So I kind of almost got it right. Not really. Uh, but what I'm saying – the reason I say all that is that I think it's going to go a little higher on both ends this week. Um, I think Georgia is leaking oil on defense. Uh, and I think that Luke Doty – under Bobo's tutelage after two weeks, uh, he, he has shown some promise. Um, so JT Daniels does not throw for 400 yards, but the run game picks up, and Georgia's a lot more balanced to about 220 rushing, 250 passing. There's going to be a lot of points scored by both teams. Georgia wins the game 44-28. to 28. That would be concerning to me if, if Georgia gives. They score twenty eight points. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like you're right. But the run game is going to be a, a, a bigger part of this, and that Daniels. This feels like a game where Daniels throws for like a couple hundred yards. Probably throws a pick and a couple of touchdowns, like a normal game. Mm-hmm. Is, is actually what it kind of feels like. Uh, the question is whether that's enough, right? <laughs> like that's that's the worry with the way the defense played. I think it will be, but it does. Listen, I'm still kind of on the sugar high of watching a guy just chuck it downfield and be able to, to have those receivers get there. I mean, why do you recruit him if you're not going to throw him? Am I right? But, you know, it, it, it feels like a game that 
it's it, I kind of like that this game's a little bit harder to predict than it usually is because it, ordinarily it's like yeah it's Georgia South Carolina it's going to be a rock fight but like South Carolina has, has a new has fired their coach and they're trying out something new and Georgia's trying like I think no matter what this game is more interesting than the usual Georgia South Carolina game it's just because I don't exactly know how it's going to go uh, I still feel like Georgia hangs on but this does feel like. Um, not that uh, we're going to be like, oh, is Daniels the answer? But it does feel like he's going to have to get some scuff marks at some point. And I think this is probably the game. I will pick Georgia 31, South Carolina 13. By the time we get to uh, the time I'm stopping pouring drinks on Saturday night, I. Uh, I predict that we will have tweeted run the dang ball Bobo five times <laughs> uh, and South Carolina will have kicked a lot of field goals um, the problem I see for keeping South Carolina's or the, the, the methodology for keeping South Carolina's point total low is when a bit with a bend don't break is get them inside the 20 and make them essentially one dimensional Um when you have a, a young quarterback like South Carolina is going to play, um, you can bring different looks and really get him confused. I'm still concerned about the underneath passing, but that becomes less um, less an issue as the field gets smaller. So I think that gives a lot of opportunity for our defense to step up and keep them out of the end zone. I uh, I'm probably going to middle a little bit. I think I think Daniels has a little more than a normal day. I think it's unrealistic to expect. 400 yards. I think they're also playing. There's two competing things here. Playing is like first off, Georgia wants to beat them and beats and wants to beat them bad. The second is Kirby is not going to intentionally make Bobo look bad. I mean, I uh, you know, Bobo will say all the things. I mean, Kirby will say all the things about well, it's a game and you know, I, you know, he you know as much as I like you know Bobo. I mean, I I, I want to beat him, uh, but he's not. He's not Spurrier. Right. We get to we get to the fourth quarter with a twenty point lead, we're not throwing the ball. Right. Um, which means a lot of running the balls, but and I think we'll be able to do that well. I think though, by the time we get to the fourth quarter, especially midpoint of the fourth quarter, we're gonna be far enough ahead that we're gonna be running the ball a lot. Um, which which makes me want to which makes me think forty to sixteen sounds right. A bunch of field goals for South Carolina, um, a ton of yards, but uh, not many scores. I'm just trying to see how they get 16 with a bunch of field goals, but maybe three field goals, one touchdown. Three field goals, one touchdown. Okay. Yeah. I thought maybe uh, like a four point field goal or yeah. a one point yeah. safety. Yeah. No. Not, neither one of those. Things. No, those things happen. One point safety. Well, four field goals and two safeties. Wait, what's a one point safety? But Kirby, get... Kirby Smart scored a one point. Oh, safety. that's right, he did. Yeah. Well, Although, well, if they I, what's get... a one point safety? Uh, I think it's a blocked something. A blocked or... extra point. That's yeah. That's returned, returned or something. That's field two. goal. This I don't know. A sack into the sideline on an extra point. Um, it can happen. Is it, maybe that's the uh, that's the old Rodrigo through the goalposts. You should be able on the kickoff. You should yeah, be able to get to they should get a point for that. Um, but, well, have yeah. a good Thanksgiving, everyone. Please be safe. Y'all too. You're taking your standard trip to Callaway. Yep. Uh, we are just seeing. Uh, we. Uh, we uh, I know everybody. There's the CC has recommendations, everything, and I hope everyone follows them. We, uh, we are. We are. Her mom is already in the pod in your bubble. To yeah. Say, so, and uh, as she as she joked, because uh, uh, all she she just she lives by herself and just goes to the to the barn. So yeah. unless you can get it from a horse, uh, she she feels. Uh, can you? I don't. Can you? I don't think you can get it. From yeah. No. But uh, I think it's hard to say. Okay, so I'm much more concerned about my. I wish my parents had not gone to Missouri, but I I wish they would. 
Uh, whatever. I'm glad to see my sister. Yeah. But um, we're yeah. so close, everybody. Yeah. Like, we're so close to, like, a third vaccine uh, yeah. that's coming in. It's a cheaper one. It's not as effective, but, like, it's close. Like, we're really, really close now. So, yeah. uh, um, like, I was just thinking about this, that, like, I've been talking about whether I, like, the vaccines are about for my book well, one way or the other but like they're definitely going to be back for like the next college football season yeah we, like, I mean, we're we, going to get we're, like a we're regular, staring at a real a real regular thing right yeah. maybe even baseball season or at least part of at least the second half yeah, yeah. no question and so, uh, so that's exciting wait. stuff Right. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. Oh, one last thing before we start. College basketball starts this week. I was going to say, yeah. I meant to yeah. mention that, and I Yeah, Gardner-Webb, they have pulled out because they have, they have COVID out, issues. Uh, but Georgia Georgia said they are looking for yeah. an opponent. I would love for them to go up to that Mohegan Sun thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, think, you're going to get your eyes beat in, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're going to need teams. And, yep. um, but Georgia is scheduled to play Wednesday against Columbus State. They're playing Columbus wow. State Baby. on Wednesday. Jennifer yeah. knows Somebody people that go there. Knights. Tigers. That's Columbus, Georgia State. Columbus, yeah. Georgia State. Columbus State. Knights, Tigers. That's at five o'clock. Five o'clock. I think they're. I, I, I got married like two blocks away from. I did campus. too. And where'd you get married? Uh, Saint uh, Luke or Mark or John's in uh, Columbus. I got married at the Columbus Museum. Oh no, we were in a church. <laughs> yeah, um, and we're godless. Yeah. And um, where was your reception? Uh, at the uh, St. Luke's, uh, it, it was it was at the Columbus <laughs> Museum, and then we went over to the uh, to that uh, hotel, uh, uh. the one that's got the hula hands in it, and we all got in the backyard. That's that was the time where everyone was ice and bros. Remember them? Oh, I remember ice and a lot. Yeah, that happened during our wedding. So so yeah. that that little fad is captured in all the photos. Yeah, so you, were, you were straight up like New York Brooklyn guy going down to Columbus, Georgia. All of our friends came. All of our friends came. There, a bunch of my friends walked across the bridge because they'd never been down. They, they wanted to be just said they, they went, went to Alabama. Go to Phoenix. City, right? Yeah, Phoenix. Wanted, huh. yeah. I, when, when people are, are are familiar with Columbus, I just introduced my wife as uh, being from Phoenix City. She yeah. she hates yeah, that. Yeah, but, I can yeah. understand. Yeah. I actually hate that. Well, my, my new favorite thing. We're not going. We're going to Callaway Gardens this year. We're not going to Columbus. But my favorite thing to happen. And now that when I go to Columbus, I always look for some place to run because she kind of lives out. Her mom lives out in like suburban, fancy Columbus. So I've taken the driving to downtown and running down the yeah. bridge down there, which is yeah. really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Running into Alabama. Chattahoochee. Yeah, I, I, encourage, I encourage everyone to do that. But um, but yeah, so uh, uh, the point is, is college basketball is back this year. We didn't really do a big Georgia preview because, frankly, I'm not entirely certain Georgia basketball will have actually played a game uh, by the time that uh, we do our next podcast. But hopefully... But we should talk about number one draft pick... And the Edwards, Edwards. man, got it. It's a good question of the like because I felt he obviously had his moments last year, but I think on the whole, uh, you can make an argument he was a little bit disappointed for what you would have wanted. But uh, obviously, it didn't matter because <laughs> he was the number one overall pick. I think Minnesota is actually a good team for him to play for. So except for he has to live in Minnesota during the winter. Yeah, that's true. But, that's true. But they have all those little. It's tubes. freezing out here right now. I'm. Yes, down yeah, this the, really ready for us to almost the forties. <laughs> <laughs> I am not prepared for this. But uh, anyway, so have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, five o'clock, by the way, is when they play Columbus State. It's on the SEC Network. Nice. You can watch Columbus. Columbus State. That'll be a good thing for those kids. Yeah. Those, uh, and for the record, they are there are tickets available for not the Columbus State game, but uh, but the rest of the games there are tickets available. We got our. I got my tickets today. Wow! Uh, for uh, for the for the Gardner Webb game, which is they're now trying to find a fill in, but I have seven games this year, so they are cool. there. We'll see if they follow through all the way with that. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to go to go, but uh, um, I'm going to have people go to that uh, Columbus State game and see what it's like. Otherwise, okay, finally we're going to let Scott go in because he's very very cold. Um, also. I want to read this section from the encyclopedia to you now. I'm like I'm like Audrey in Christmas Vacation. 
<laughs> okay, everyone. Have a great Thanksgiving. Be safe out there and uh, go, dogs. Happy Thanksgiving and go, dogs. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back on Sunday with our Dogs versus Gamecocks postgame show. And feel free to follow us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Special thanks goes out to our podcast partners, the Northside and Westside Bottle Shop, and also El Barrio, the Pine Bar, Pub on Main, for continuing to provide the best beverages and food in and around Athens. Hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving. Safe travels to all, and we'll see you on campus next week for the final home game of the season as Georgia takes on Vanderbilt. And as always, Go dogs.